I was a collection of what everyone else wanted me to be. Um, I was always labeled an overachiever, a hustler, successful, all of these labels. And then I woke up one day and I was not living in alignment with my with my highest sense of self, with my authentic self, with my true self. And um, I kind of discovered that on my yoga mat because it was the only time in my life that I'd given myself permission to be still, to quiet my mind slow down. And that's where I realized that I was not living my authentic life. I was not serving my purpose and um, went through a journey um, of yoga teacher training and business and life coaching certifications and really what I would call like personal growth, a whole lot of personal growth um, to be where I am today. This is the podcast where you come alive to your own exclusive magic and find strategies to work that magic in the real world in a way that feels authentic and exciting and inspired and lucrative (laughs) and fun. I'm your coach, Bethany Shipley, and this is The Bethany Shipley Show. We are here with Megan Sievert Culbertson. Did I say your name correctly? You did. I I heard you on another podcast and I actually listened to how she pronounced your name. And I was like, okay, perfect. And I wrote it down as if I would be reading it. (laughs) S-E-E-V-E-R-T. You guys, Megan is so many things. Um, She is a yoga instructor. She's a business coach. She's a mom of four. And guess what? Her yoga studio was voted best in Kansas City in 2022. We are here with the legend, Megan. (laughs) Thank you. That was quite the introduction. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for being here. I don't know if I ever told you this, Megan, but um, a few months ago, I saw a pranic healer and she's like an energy worker. And after our session, she said, um, she said, there's a specific name that keeps coming up for, for you. And it's Megan. And I, I immediately thought of my college sweet mate, Megan. And I was like, Oh, I love Megan. Uh, but I just knew that wasn't the Megan that, that this lady was telling me. And I kept thinking, and then I remembered you from a networking event that we were both at the first time I ever saw you when you stood up to give your little, you know, 30 second spiel, <laughs> like we do at networking events your groundedness and your, um, it's just your energy was magnetic to me. And I immediately knew you were someone that I would want to be around in the future. And so that's why I called you when I did. (laughs) Well, thank you. I love that. Yep. And we had an awesome session to work on that energy. So I'm glad you felt it. Oh yeah. I felt it for sure. And I think, I think the rest of the Kansas city Metro area feels it too, obviously because of what you've built. So I can't wait to dive into it all and hear your story. Um, the first thing I would love to hear is just like, tell us the story of the creation of the Megan that we see today. Sure. Um, so I love that you said story because I'm just such a believer that our stories are what weave us together and they also help us heal together. And, um, 
kind of why I'm who I am today is because I used to be, I kind of refer to it as my past life, but I was a collection of what everyone else wanted me to be. Um, I was always labeled an overachiever, a hustler, successful, all of these labels. And then I woke up one day and I was not living in alignment with my, with my highest sense of self, with my authentic self, with my true self. And um, I kind of discovered that on my yoga mat because it was the only time in my life that I'd given myself permission to be still to quiet my mind, to slow down. And that's where I realized that I was not living my authentic life. I was not serving my purpose and um, went through a journey um, of yoga teacher training and business and life coaching certifications and really what I would call like personal growth, a whole lot of personal growth um, to be where I am today and really get to do what sets my soul on fire every single day. But I definitely went through the mud to get here. Um, so I'm grateful I get to do it now, but, but the Megan 15, 20 years ago is definitely a collection of what everyone told me I was supposed to be. And now I'm living my purpose and my truth. Um, and it's, it's through my work. So. Wow. And how long you said mud, how long was the mud? How long were you in the mud? I was in the mud for 15 years, which, you know, I know for some people that seems like a lot. Um, but yeah, I was, I was really creating and designing, um, my, my dream life at, for 15 years. So if someone's just in the beginning, I don't want them to give up because there's just such beauty when you get to the other side, when you really start living in alignment and serving your purpose and, and being, um, you know, being in alignment with what sets your soul on fire, living that truth. I call it my true north. So I, I think it's encouraging. Honestly, I don't think people think, oh, that's a long time. I think they, if anything, what comes to my mind is that if they're in year 14, it gives them hope that this maybe isn't the rest of their life. So I, I love that. And do you feel like there was a, a morning you woke up and it was like, boom, this is over. Like, like the season of mud is over or was it kind of a slow transition out of that? Yeah, I would say for me, it was a slow transition out of it. Um, I owned other companies that I was very invested in financially, as well as, you know, I had 50 plus employees. Um, so for me, it was definitely something that I couldn't just flip a switch. Uh, anyone who's ever sold or purchased businesses, it's harder to sell a business than it is to purchase a business or start a business. So it took a lot of, of um, action to get myself where I am today as far as, you know, kind of finalizing that life. I call it my past life and then creating the one I get the pleasure and honor of living today. So it was not like I woke up. Um, now I can say the day that I closed on my companies that I sold, um, that was definitely free freedom. And it gave me that permission now to really step into my truth. So. Wow. Yeah. And so then when you decided you were going to sell, were you like bracing yourself for telling your, like your family and friends and, and kind of, you know, I'm imagining just this, you know, I relate totally with the identity of, Oh, I'm a go-getter. I'm born for the, you know, I'm kind of a good at producing, you know, those are the hats that I like to wear. And, and unfortunately slash fortunately I relate because that is part of me too, you know, but when that's all that I see myself as, or it sounds like what you did when you were younger, like, oh, it's all you saw yourself as I'm valuable because was it kind of scary to approach your family and friends with this news that you were maybe going to be 
selling everything? You know, I think it wasn't that because for me, the being an achiever is it was a label I was given. I was achieving in a space that didn't feel authentic. Mm. Um, I still do believe. I mean, I call myself a recovering perfectionist because I am in recovery still. So yeah. I'm a recovering perfectionist. Um, I'm a recovering overachiever. I am still a three on the Enneagram. But <laughs> now I'm getting to serve um, what what feels in alignment with my true self, whereas in my past life, I wasn't. So I definitely think my family was grateful to see me get to step into what I had been designing and creating and ready to, to do. Um, definitely probably work more than I do. I did now. Um, I really struggle. I struggle with with the boundaries of, of home and work because my work really sets my soul on fire. Cause you so love it. Yeah. I love it. And I actually am one of those people that, um, I'm also kind of a fixer. And so when I feel out alignment, I go to every healer, I go to, I go to everything. I'm like, fix it. Let's do it. Let's figure it out. And for a while I thought, why am I never content? Why am I always creating? Why am I such a big dreamer? Like, why do I have this dream to literally lift and raise the vibration of an entire city and then a state and then a world? Like, what is that within me? Is there something wrong with me? And I went to every healer, <laughs> every therapist. And what I came to the conclusion is it's who I am. And that's okay. So instead of seeing the achiever and the perfectionist as a negative thing, I have now kind of shifted my mindset. As long as I'm serving my purpose, it's a positive thing because I'm making, um, you know, I'm making an impact in a, in a positive way on the lives um, of others. Oh, that's, I'm also an Enneagram three. So you like everything you're saying is just relating. And I feel that it's, it's like, yeah, that's oh, so good, Megan. Um, when you look back over your life in the early days of your businesses, obviously you had a lot that was um on your plate, but a lot, I'm sure looking back, you were you can kind of dissect what you were really good at, what you struggled with, maybe what you learned from in those things. What did you feel like you did naturally well? And then what what were the areas of life or maybe business specifically that you felt like you really had to work on? Right. So I think what I'm really good at um, is, is caring about people. People, that's my strength. Connection and community and just being loving people. Like hands down, um, it doesn't matter what what business I'm in, what setting I'm at, I truly, genuinely care about people. So that's always, always, always been my strength. Um, I would say my biggest weaknesses are definitely um, the the boundaries of, mm -hmm. of, I have four kids, you have four kids, like that boundary of, I call it blocking my time, work time, home time. I really have always struggled with that because I feel so purpose driven that it's hard to turn it off. Um, I struggle with that. I talk to my therapist about it every single week. Um, I'm aware of it. I practice it, but it's really hard. Also, when I opened my first company when I was 21 <laughs> and I was a million dollars in debt when I was 21, I always like to mention that because 
when I was 21, a million dollars was truly monopoly, monopoly money. Most yeah. people 21 don't have any idea what a million dollars actually is. And neither did I. So I think that was also a weakness is I was just naive at 21 to be a million dollars in debt on my own as an entrepreneur was so overwhelming and paralyzing once I realized how much a million dollars was. And then I went through a 2008 recession when my, oh, yeah. up and, and so I think that was also something is just really at 21, I didn't have that life experience to understand how deeply in debt I was going. Um, but I worked so hard and um, was able, able to pay off every single penny I owed and then sell my companies. But that was with without, you know, not without lots of blood, sweat, tears and stealing a lot of my joy for those years. Uh, and so with that 2008, did you feel like the world was ending? Because <laughs> I feel like a lot of people in this last little bit of like scarcity time have really had to remind themselves like, this is a winter, this is a winter. You know, we hear the greats talk, but did at that time, did you know about a winter or did you think this is the way it's always going to be? I think in yoga, we, we talk about ego a lot in yoga. Mm. In my yoga studio, I specifically say, we don't leave your ego, you know, no judgment, no ego. But I will tell you that for me, that ego, um, when I was in my other businesses, helped with the resilience because there was that fear of failure. You know, I came yeah. on something so big at 20, 21. I went through my loan process when I was 20 with the SBA, finalized the loan six months later at, at 21. And there was, at 21, you've got an ego. You just bit off something gigantic. And so I think for me, that ego kind of helped me with that resilience. And I truly was... I'm, I, I'm not going to fail. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Um, and I have that drive within me. And it, it was harder because I wasn't living in alignment with my purpose, but I still believed that I could solve problems, that I could get through it. So, you know, I, I never really thought that it, as naive as it sounds, I always, I always knew I could do it. I yeah. believed in myself. You always had a belief, whether it was like an empowered belief or a scarcity belief, it's still, it's a belief and it worked. <laughs> I love that. I to be 21. Yeah. Know? And you, yeah. And just the grace for yourself at that age. Like, I mean, we've all been in positions where we're like, wow, I bit off more than I could chew. And I think that's amazing that you look back at yourself back then and say, you know what? It's just all with love. And you hold that version of yourself so um, tenderly. It, that's awesome. When you say you've always been good at connection and community, I want to ask you about that because I think a lot of times people who thrive in community, the creating community, building community, they understand intuitively um, that, uh, let me, let me think about how I want to say this, that the values of the community are always before the community members itself, like the values have to be established before the people can gather around it. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And that's why, you know, as like, I, I coach purpose-driven women entrepreneurs. And so that's one of the most important parts of, of creating a business is knowing your core values, knowing your mission statement. So you clearly define 
who your people are. You know, I knew exactly who Megan's Yoga Tribe community was before I ever launched and opened Megan's Yoga Tribe. It was so clear within my heart, my mind, my desire, my purpose. And, and you're absolutely right. Like I had the core values. I had the mission statement. I knew exactly who um, I was supposed to be serving. And so, yes, that was all designed and planned. And then the community grows because those are very clearly stated. And all my yeah. I have, we are a heart-centered yoga bar Pilates studio. And we are community-driven. So that is in our language always. And heart center means my heart is my compass always. It's my guide. Mm. In every decision I make, I am leading with my heart and from my heart with my community in mind always. And oh, that's so good. And I feel that from you. Have you ever had times where you maybe brought someone in the community, whether you, you know, recruited them to coach or um, teach or maybe be a member, and then those values weren't upheld and you had to move through that process? You know, I've only had one incident right when we opened when someone sent me a message and they said, I really love your workouts but your studio is too, they use the word woo-woo. <laughs> and honestly, it was interesting because I describe myself as a modern day yogi. Like I am very real, man. Like I do yoga so I don't lose my mind on my four children. Like I practice yoga so I can be patient and grounded and parent with that space. And so I can see the good in my husband and not focus on the things that drive me nuts. Like Megan, you've sold me. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm a very modern day human yogi. And so I was surprised to hear that because I didn't see my space or myself at, 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 as that at all. But I definitely, um, you know, I appreciated the feedback. I'm like, well, then there's going to be a space for you where you're just going to work out and you don't have to kind of open up and feel vulnerable. My goal is to create space and hold space for people to show up messy for people to show up vulnerable, for people to show up broken down. And for a lot of people, that is scary. And they don't want space. They don't want a space where I'm asking them to tune in with how their heart's feeling and what their soul's trying to tell them. That can be scary for people. But I think that is where healing and transformation starts. And that's why I would never change that. That's what makes Megan's Yoga Tribe what we are. We're creating space for healing as a collective for growth, for letting go. So absolutely. I mean, even what? just the one thing I came to at your studio. Yeah. was yeah. totally that, that energy. Oh, and, no, Bill, and I'm okay. I, I have zero scarcity mindset. I'm an abundance believer and I know that there's a space for, for everyone and there's enough for everyone. So I was gladly suggested, um, you know, a community gym, like for that person. So yeah. Hey, Check out the local, like, you know, fitness gym. And, and it's so true. There's options that will meet everyone's needs. And I think that's what I love about you. You have such an open heart around collaboration as well. I feel like the women, the business women in Lee Summit are just so good at this. Like there are so many women. I know Corey just did a, an event with you. And I'm like, when I sat with Corey, Corey Brown, she, as a photographer, she's like, her mindset is so collaborative. It's so inspiring. Has that been something that you always 
were natural at or were there ever times where there was those feelings of ego threat (laughs) come through you like oh this is my territory or anything like that yeah I have zero of that like absolutely zero of that that's so rare as a three that's so rare yeah it I have zero because I think what it is is I had to go through 15 years of mud and I want to almost give people a leg up. Yeah. Um, so that's why I am just really open with other entrepreneurs, even other people who are in the same space as me. Yeah. Because if, if it's something I had to learn going through the mud and lots of, te- you know, blood, sweat, and tears, I would much rather provide, um, you know, some solutions and, and help someone. I just believe we're better together, period. I just, it's just who I am. I believe we're better together. So I have none of that. I'm just did not- you, did you have that during your 15 years of mud? No, no. See, I that's also shocking, Megan. That's amazing. Yeah. I did not have that then either. Um, I was, you know, one thing I use in my coaching practice is I tell my clients to stay in their lane. I'm a believer to create your dream business. It doesn't have to be a carbon copy of anyone else's. And unfortunately, because we're in a world of social media, people are constantly seeing people's flashes of a business and think they have to, you know, take pieces from other people's business. I'm like, stay in your lane, put your blinders on, be in your business instead of trying to create someone else's. Um, I was one of the first business coaches that totally rewrote the whole business coaching world because the business coaching world has always said, sacrifice all, work hard, hustle, hustle, hustle. And I know that's not sustainable if you are a purpose-driven entrepreneur because you will lead to burning. So the way I structure it is create and design the business of your dreams, the schedule of your dreams that's aligned with who you are as a woman as a mom, as a wife, as an entrepreneur, as a sister, as a friend, so that you are sustainable and you can keep serving. I just don't believe in in sacrificing your health, your happiness, your your relationship with your kids or your partner um, in your business. I think you can do both. Mm -hmm. I'm honoring who you're at and then growing a really beautiful, sustainable business that doesn't have to look like anyone else's. My studio does not look like anyone else's and I (laughs) it's such a beautiful place like I I even I think your headshot from your website create a life you love.com right and their headshot down for business coaching is that in your studio yeah I love that it's like the most beautiful photo of you you have this killer dress on you know you guys got to go check it out create a life you love.com Corey Corey took that picture of course she did Corey we are just singing your praises yeah, I saw on um, a little blurb that Lee Summit Lifestyle had done on you. They There was something about how you had experienced and the phrase that was in there, living on wine, coffee, and burnout. Yeah. So how long was that season for you? Right. I mean, I think that season was a solid 10 years. I kind yeah. of describe, um, and it's different because it's for me, my it was my 20s. So my twenties were, they, they were numbing, you know, it was more like 
gosh, I'm, I'm not really living in alignment. So I'm just going to live for nap time and early bedtime and busy. Mm -hmm. Busy is also something that I use to escape feelings. And so I would just keep myself busy, 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 busy. And I truly woke up one day and I was like, who am I? Like, who, who am I? Am I PTA mom? Am I stay at home mom? Am I uh, entrepreneur? Am I, who was I? I was just being a collection of everyone else's dreams for me. So yeah, it was. It do, was you think, do you think part of that was like, just the fact that being a mom of little kids is like so challenging? It is, especially when my identity had always been to achieve. Yeah. You know, and I had to juggle little kids. I had to juggle multiple businesses. Um, and so, yeah, it was hard. I actually have my children. So I have four kids in four different schools. So I have a preschooler, an elementary school, a middle schooler, and a high school. Like I can't Oh make, my gosh. Like the amount of emails I get is crazy. Um, and it's. Oh, oh my gosh. That, that's a lot of kids. That's a and lot. It's. It's a lot of kids and my kids have never been in full-time daycare or preschool. And I have been a full-time working mom for the 17 years I've had. Uh, my youngest will go to kindergarten this fall. And that's something people keep asking, like, how do you feel about that? And honestly, 17 years of juggling full-time work and <laughs> without my kids going to any full-time childcare, I think I'm okay with it. I'm grateful that I've always been an entrepreneur. So I've had that flexibility, yeah. but it's not easy. It has not been easy um, doing it because I wanted to have both. I wanted to be able to be with my kids and I wanted to be able to grow really beautiful companies. And I feel like I've achieved it um, some years better than others. Some, probably some of my kids would say I'm, I did a better job than, than other kids, but, but we're here now. Yeah. And we're all human. And I think that's something that even if you, yeah, I, I relate with the anticipation of all the kids in, <laughs> in school. I'm like, we will have three in one school. So I won't, I don't think I'll actually ever have four different kids in four different schools, but, um, you always look so cute. What are your non-negotiables? Like, obviously you take care of yourself. Obviously you do yoga, but is there, has there been, um, like some rules that you've set in place for yourself. Like I've heard people say, oh, I don't check my phone when I first wake up or what are the rules that you, out of that season of living on wine, coffee and burnout yeah. Have, yeah. have implemented as rituals for yourself? 100%. So I am very big on a morning routine. So that season, that coffee burnout and wine, that was the season when I would be waking up to a baby cry. And yep up to a baby crying that's your whole day you just yep. you wake up and someone needed something from me instantly when I started really transforming my life I started taking the power back of my mornings um I get up at 4 15 that is my routine I practice and I teach yoga every morning live zoom to my online studio that for me that morning routine of waking up I drink green tea, I journal, I meditate, and then I go and serve. And then by 6.45 at the latest, I am back upstairs able to be mom to my kids. And there is something so rewarding about that for me. So my morning routine is life for me. Um, it, it just 
sets the tone for the day. It grounds me. It allows me that space to take care of my heart. So then I'm able to take care of my clients and I'm able to take care of my kids and I'm able to, to take care of my husband. So, oh, that's awesome. Okay. So four oh, I have one more, one yes. more bedtime. So tell I, me about bedtime. Oh my gosh. So I call it my sacred sleep. My husband will tell you, this is something like my <laughs> sleep is sacred. When you get up at 4.15 every day and you serve, literally give your energy to everyone in your life, you have to sleep. Um, so sleep is non-negotiable. I am in bed by 9.30. It doesn't matter. And, you know, this is frowned upon. If my kids have a late night game, guess what? Unfortunately, I'm not able to make it always. That's part of it. But for me to be able to wake up the next day and serve everyone in my life well, it's it's a non negotiable 9 30 I am in bed does not matter <laughs> that is essential oh my, that's good I tuck my my five-year-old in he's in pre-k and I tuck him in my other three children come and tuck me in because I'm already in bed <laughs> yeah I was gonna ask that I feel like right now and I know my kids are younger so I can't necessarily um you know use your yours as contrast but um, eight, six, four, and two at this time. And the two-year-old, I, we do a whole little, you know, bath time, lotion, books, kiss songs and bedtime. And I can get her in bed in, you know, 30, it takes me 30 minutes for her. I feel like the other children were like at that point where I need to like do a two clap and say, go. And they need to like race to get ready for bed. What age did your children become independent bed goers? You know, I always tell people the worst, the worst fights my husband and I have ever had are bedtime or middle of the night when I'm like nursing a baby, because you're just over it. We yeah. used to make bedtime routine, this long, elaborate thing. And what I realized is it, we would lose our minds. And I was like, we have to change this. Someone always needed a drink. Someone always was hungry. And we, we like, this is not working. We're not liking each other. We're not liking our children. And so it was one of those things where we had to create the boundary for them. This is what bedtime looks like. This is how it's going to work. And, and it was just, it's just routine, right? It's like anything else in life. Like when we create a habit, it's a routine and you don't even have to think about it. So I don't know. Our kids are super independent. That's part of having two working parents. You know, we have expected our children to get up, to get themselves dressed, to get themselves fed, because as a two, you know, a working house with two working parents, we can't do it. Um, so yeah, we created that, like, you're going to brush your teeth. You're going to get yourself to bed. You're going to, they just I do love it. that. I think what I'm going to do, cause I heard you say that actually another time we were at a, the same meeting and you said, oh, my kids pack their own lunch, like from an early age. Um, and I was really like, okay, yes, that's the next step for us. Um, I think what I'm going to do is like put the burden on Alexa, my little robot assistant. <laughs> and I'm going to say, just set an alarm for eight o'clock or whatever, you know, and have her, because I feel like part of the problem is I'm, I'm like sitting here helping get my own solution. But I think, I think there needs to be, yeah, a little bit more of a, this is the exact time, not just when mom says it's time for bed. So that's awesome. So 9.30 is your bedtime and then you wake up at 4.15. Have you ever woken up or had seasons of your life that you woke up, you woke up, your alarm went off and you felt tired? No. So I kind of have this, this mantra and it's something I, I share with, with my clients. I share with my community that I believe that we should be creating a life we want to wake up and live. 
Mm-hmm. If we are wanting to press snooze on our life, then that's when we need to get to our yoga mat and start thinking about what's not working. I truly, someone asked my husband that once, like, has she ever not wanted to get up and teach yoga? Like she's been doing this for so long. And he's like, no, she leaps out of bed. And um, because again, I, if I didn't want to get up, I would see that as an invitation to say, Hey, Megan, what's not in alignment? Mm. What, what am I not? What am I saying yes to that perhaps needed to be a no? Because if I'm wanting to press snooze on my life, then something's out of alignment. And I work really, really hard at my yeses being very aligned with my purpose. And that I it's good. Well, if, if I'm not wanting to get up, then something has to pivot and I'm good at pivoting as well. Do you think it could ever be for someone like strictly physical? Like if they're having thyroid issues or. Oh, for sure. I mean, if someone, you mean, if someone's like not feeling well. Yeah. And they're, they're waking up every morning feeling pretty tired. Oh, a hundred percent. So I am an advocate. I work with a naturopath. I work with a regular doctor. I do all the work. And that is important because being as a yogi, I think, especially we're very body aware. We know we know because we tune in with ourselves, we know when something's not right. You know, it was last fall, my hair was falling out like crazy, almost like when, after you have a baby, yeah. and you kind of taper down breastfeeding and all your hair falls out. Well, I am way past having babies and my hair was falling out. I'm so tuned into it. I knew I'm like, something is not right. Like my hair is falling out, my skin's this and that. And you know, I work with my naturopath, did kind of a gut reset. And was able to discover I had some things going on in my gut. But that's part of being body aware. Yeah. And it's also part of like living healthy so that we know when something's not right. Um, a lot of people doesn't, I'll be honest, a lot of people do not know what it feels like to feel good. A lot of people do not know, I'm going to say that again, what it feels like to feel good. Yeah. So they're just living, feeling sluggish and tired and overwhelmed and and I've been there so I can a hundred percent relate but I can tell you to get to the other side it feels better and you have do you have like rituals in your diet as well that you stick with that give you that energy you think you know I I would say I eat pretty clean um but I am definitely I love food as much as I love yoga and I love cooking and I do not restrict so I am one of those people I believe you know I believe in um balance when it comes to eating obviously but I am not restrictive in my diet at all I do you know try to eat clean I understand nutrition very much I know what my body likes and what my body doesn't like but I see food as medicine um, I see food as fuel. Um, I believe healthy food can also taste really good because I'm a cook. Um, but I, but I'm definitely not restrictive. Um, if I want to eat that pie, I'm going to eat that pie. If I want some extreme tater tots, I'm going to make them real good. <laughs> so, that's, that's awesome. I'm thinking nachos should be a food group. So. You know what I had for breakfast was nachos. So I'm totally in. <laughs> Yes, yes. I had, um, we had leftovers and I could tell, you know, it was like, okay, nobody's going to eat this. Like it's either going to be me or the dogs. So I agree. I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Food is important. I also, um, when I, when I met with my therapist a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about my goals and my goals are very simple. My goals are more, more meals at home with my family and more stillness. 
<laughs> which is an unusual goal <laughs> for most people. Um, and so meal time and me preparing meals for my family, it's an act of service and that's, that's my love language, one of them. And so meal time is important. Yeah. I'm barbecue meatballs and doubled eggs for dinner. It's already prepped. It's important. It's important to me. Do you prep your meals every morning pretty much? I try to, but it's all based on our kind of our calendar. But sure. I made my meatballs yesterday, boiled the eggs at breakfast, peeled them 30 minutes before I got on here with you. Yep. And so yeah, that's part of it. I have my days are busy, so I have to have a plan yep. or I'll be eating Chipotle and Chick-fil-A every single day. And that's not good for anyone. It's yep. delicious. But when you're a family, you know, when you have a family of six, it's a hundred dollars for us to go to Chipotle. And that's just that's silly. Yeah, especially when you love to cook and that's a part of your life that brings you joy. Um, I want to take a little bit of a shift as we kind of, I don't know, begin our initial descent in the conversation. What is your philosophy on someone's purpose? Do you think someone, do you think people are born to do something specific? I don't. Um, I absolutely think our purpose evolves as we evolve. If you would have asked me 20 years ago, if I would be a yoga instructor, um, an international yoga retreat facilitator, own a yoga company online, own a yoga studio, have, you know, 40 instructors work for me, like I would have told you, you were crazy. I had no idea that this was my purpose. But when I said yes to yoga teacher training, I quickly discovered that this was my purpose. But then you have to step into it. You have to take action. So I don't think we are born with a singular purpose. I think our purpose evolves as we evolve. Mm -hmm. But you have to be open heart, open mind to really be able to be awake for your purpose. Mm, yes. So many of us are not. And that was my previous life. You know, I was just going through the motions, going through the motions. And that's why I am, I would say the word obsessed with bringing yoga to people because I watch people in real time transform their entire lives because they gave themselves permission to be still to just be within their body, their mind, their breath. And that's where I think we can truly discover our purpose. And that's one of the things I tell people all the time. If you don't have a yoga practice, start one. Mm. Because it's amazing. My biggest discoveries have happened on that mat back there behind me. I know they can't see me, but yeah. I, I'm in my home yoga studio right now. And some of my, there has been so much sweat, so many tears, so many like aha moments. I have let go and truly surrendered on that mat. And that's where I think we can discover our purpose. If we're just hustling through life and we're not slowing down, we may miss our purpose. And that, that keeps me up at night because I want people to know what it feels like to live a life they love. That's why my mantra is my mission all over my website is create and live a life you love. That's wow. I mean, you know, I resonate with that because literally like the sign that is, you can't see it, it's over there. Oh, I threw my pin. The, it says, my goal is to create a life I don't need a vacation from. Right. And I just, I, it's like when you wake up, if 4.15, you wake up and you feel like you're on vacation, gosh, what more could you, oh. what more could you want in life? I, I marvel in it. I tell people all the time, like I truly am in awe of, of what I get to experience in this life I get to live. You know, I was on retreat with 47 clients last week. And I mean, I cried from the time I woke up to the time <laughs> I was 
said, because I just couldn't believe this is my reality and that I get to serve in a way that just, it, it just, it's truly, I marvel at it because. And, and I, I, you're, you're saying all this and I'm thinking, I know that, yes, you say I'm so, you know, I don't know what word you use, but I'm like, also you've done so much work to get yourself to that place. Like I, I just am so inspired by all of the years that you had to dig in and unearth so many things that, you know, you had to decide what, what you wanted to do in the rest, you know, not what you wanted to do with the rest of your life, but who you wanted to be, how you wanted to enjoy every day that those are tools that you did the work for. That's, yeah. that's it's, amazing. I, I told a coaching client yesterday on the phone, she was having a hard day. And I said, there is only one person that's going to make your successful, your business successful or not. And at the end of the day, it is as an entrepreneur, there's only one person. It's, it's you, you know, it's me. I am the only one that's going to ever care about the business the way I do. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter how wonderful of a team I have. No one else is going to do what I'm willing to do. Um, and it is, I, I remind my clients all the time, like sit back and look at the journey instead of just celebrating like the big things, like celebrate all of it because you've had to take so many actions to get where you are. And it's pretty amazing. Like when we think about, when we look back and the evidence shows like, wow, like we've done this. So, yeah. Okay, my last and final question, unless I get hit with a, another, like, oh, you have to ask this, is what is fulfillment for you? Mm. Fulfillment for me is bringing a community and a collective together to heal, to connect. Um, I studied happiness years and years ago, and one of the tiers of happiness is people who are happy have a community and a collective they have a place they can they feel like they belong and they can be authentic and i think that's it for me i mean when i witness and observe i work mostly with women we of course have men at our studio but when i witness and observe women coming together and um, letting things go to create freedom, to heal from childhood trauma, to connect with other women and to hold space for each other. That to me is, that's it. Like it truly, um, it sets my soul on fire to be able to create the space and hold the space for women to take care of themselves, to make themselves a priority. That is the message I want to say over and over again. Unless we create space for women to take care of themselves, they are going to end up just like I was broken, burnt out, overwhelmed and wake up and not know who they are, but there's a way to get back to her. Um, so that's what, for me, that's why I'm motivated every day to get up and serve is, is to hold space, hold space for women to connect, to heal, to grow, to let go freedom to live the life they really want to. That's amazing. And you're doing it. How cool that you're doing it. And as an Enneagram three, you are able to see that you're doing it today and you're not pushing that out far into the future. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> but yeah, did I you, I, I said I was going to, that was going to be my last question, but did you used to do that? Did you used to push your, like, you'll finally feel fulfilled when you're finally way mm. over there? No, I don't think so. You know, I, I used to ask one of my healers, like, why, 
you know, struggling with contentment. Like, oh, am I not content? Like, why am I always dreaming so big? Why are my dreams so big? You know, we're looking at a second location right now for Megan's Yoga Tribe. I'm always doing more and more retreats, but it's not. It's not that I'm not content. It's the impact that I know serving from my heart can have on this world. And I'm motivated by that. I love that. Motivated by it's it's shifting the paradigm, and and this this is something that's really important. So I'm going to say it. Um, it's shifting the the paradigm for women and mom from broken martyrs to healed and empowered. Shifting the paradigm from women and moms from broken martyrs to healed and empowered, and that. That is part of, of what I'm really good at. And so that's why I keep dreaming big because to think that we're gonna live in a world where women are healed and empowered, wow. That means families are better. That means kids are better. That means marriages are better if women are healed and empowered. Oh, that's, that's, that's so good. Okay, so where can they find you how can they uh i know obviously create a life you love.com um but if someone has been listening to this and they're like like i am where i'm like okay i gotta go sign up for i'm coming in person though i'm not gonna go online because i live right here there's no reason not to um how can they get connected to your yoga studio it's kind of neat because we have we have for people who are not local we are an online yoga studio as well so we have five zoom lines classes a week and then we have an on-demand video library that has a thousand classes and grows five per week so if someone's not local same same place they can go to create and live a life you love.com sign up for our online yoga membership that is only $25 a month and there's a huge community in there as well um and then if you're local anywhere, you know, Kansas City metro area, same place, but you would want to sign up for our all access studio membership, which gives you the online options. So you could do Zoom, you could do on demand, but then we have almost 40 classes a week in our studio. We have workshops every single week, beautiful workshops, and then we do destination retreats all across the country and international lots of community events. Um, I highly recommend, I'm not great at social media, but I have people that are great at it for me. I still have a love-hate relationship with social media. Um, and so if you go to Megan's Yoga Tribe on Instagram and Facebook, those are my boundaries. That's the only place I'm on or our website. Um, <laughs> that's where that's where you can connect and kind of dive into our community and our events and all our offerings. But if someone's wanting massive transformation, go sign up for our next retreat. Um, it's in Arizona in September. And when I really see, I see crazy transformation happen on retreat because you're taking someone out of their everyday hustle and giving them space to just take care of themselves. Our retreats are all inclusive. So women literally show up and everything's planned, which we know if you travel much, usually women are the ones doing all the work, <laughs> planning, packing. All people have to do is show up and I have a beautiful um, invitation of a, of a itinerary plan for them. They can do what they want. They can leave behind what they want, but retreats, if someone's ready for like, I am ready for transformation, get in a yoga studio, come to your mat, get with the right community, the right collective and go on a retreat. Megan, thank you so much for being here and just 
like sharing your life with all of us, the courage that you have and the way you show up. I mean, I know I have greatly benefited. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me. It has been my honor to, um, to get to know you and to be here with you. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to The Bethany Shipley Show. I hope you feel more inspired. I hope you feel more excited, more clear on what your magic is because you are made of magic. And so all you have to do to make the magic happen is put yourself out there. So get on out there and do your best now, you hear? (laughs) 